morning, everybody. fall morning. Next week we get to see uh, who's on the ball and who's not and who gets to church on time and who comes in an hour late. So the uh, Right after Cynthia and I got married, when they did the whole spring forward thing, she was taking me to work. It was like literally less than a month after we got married. And... Uh, uh, I show up to work, I'm like, man, there's not very much traffic on the way over here. It's kind of weird. And then I show up, and I was an hour late. I had to endure the, the mocking and jeering for like the entire day. Dang it. So, see, if you use a smartphone alarm, then you don't have that problem, because it'll change for you. So, handy tip from Uncle Greg. All right, Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, thanks for this place to to gather with the saints, God, to to meet with you. God, we're uh, grateful, God, to be here today. God, and what we are wanting is to just have a touch from you, to receive from you that that you have for us, God. And so we just we pray that you would prepare this word, God, to minister to our souls. God, we pray that you'd prepare us to receive it. God, that your anointing oil would soften our hearts. God, that you would soften our uh, uh, the the crustiness that that sometimes happens to us throughout the week. God, what we want is to just have you do in us as only you could do. God, to have perfect preeminence in this place. God, I just ask you to uh, just take away every barrier in us. God, that would cause us to not hear or to misunderstand what it is that you say to us. God, and I just I pray that you would organize my thoughts, God, that uh, that you would uh, speak these things that you have uh, uh, as you would say. God, we just ask it and pray it in your name. Amen. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 5. Really familiar passage, of course. Probably don't even need to turn there. You could uh, probably like read it in your mind while I'm reading it out loud. Let's find a good spot to start here. I suppose uh, verse 1 is as good as any. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself is also compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he that was called of God as was Aaron. So... Um, it's funny because in uh, Christianity has really kind of trended towards this idea that uh, that if you're in the ministry, you must be some sort of superhero, or that you have your duckies more in a row than in, 
than everybody else or, or what have you. Um, you know, and, and here he's talking about the, the high priest. Uh, and he says that uh, in verse 2, my Bible says in the margin that he can reasonably bear with the ignorant. Um, but he ties all this into being himself compassed with infirmity. So we... Um, and we realize that that just because God uses you to do something, that uh, still still a person, and uh, still have those those types of things. But because you've been through um, all those difficult things, I mean, have you ever like talked to Ron about something and 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 they just kind of stared at you and said, "I've never had that. I don't. I can't identify with that, or that's never happened to me, or I've never talked to anybody that that's happened to." Probably not. Um, because he has all this experience that uh, that he uh, that he's able to use, uh, and he and he gets the things that you're going through, and so we all have that happen in our life. We all go through things. God brings us through, and we we uh, we dig that well, as it were, and um, and and find those answers. Uh, from God, and then uh, generally you end up dealing with somebody else then that has that same sort of thing. Um, kind of leads me to what I was, gonna, what I wanted to really talk about today, because I wrestled for years with this idea that that God didn't love me; He just sort of put up with me because He had to, because He's just and fair, and He said that He loves everybody, so that would of necessity include me and uh, I had this, this friend in high school that his mother just really hated my guts and she loved Mike but she hated me and uh, we were uh, we were all good friends and um, she invited Mike along to go do something with them and she knew I was there when she was on the phone with this, uh, telling her son that she wanted him to come back and she could bring Mike and she's like and you can bring Greg if you must, and uh, so that's kind of how I always sort of felt about my inclusion in the kingdom of God. It's like, well, you can bring Greg if you must, and um, so you can see how that would be a really destructive thought process. How having that view of God's love for you would make you feel like you didn't fit, or like you didn't belong. And uh, it's funny when you put it in perspective. It's like you know you think about your your own parents or your children. It's like put yourself in those in those in those shoes. Um, you know, and if if my kids thought that, I would be aghast. Like how how could you possibly think that? What have I ever said to you that would make you think that? And uh, so. Uh, so of course God doesn't feel that way about anybody, but uh, I I labored for years with that idea and wrestled with all these these things about like I would see the power of God move in somebody and uh, I would be just terrified to deal with them because I thought well surely they know some terrible, evil, dark secret about me that I don't see 
and and they're just kind of waiting for me to figure it out. And God's just waiting for me to figure it out, kind of standing off to the side, tapping his foot with his arms crossed, waiting for me to get it. And and you're all like kind of staring at me because you're thinking, what? Why would you think that? Like, who who thinks like that? Well, a lot of people do, actually. Uh, I'm not saying it's right. Uh, but a lot of people wrestle with that idea that, that God expects you to figure it out. And that, that He... Uh, and, and it goes back to that, that thinking that so much of the church has that God is this God far off and He's just waiting for you to um, endure this, this long uh, peril-fraught journey and somehow arrive in paradise. And, uh, and if you don't make it, oh well, too bad. And uh, sitting here in church on Sunday morning, it's like, well, that's silly. Of course God's not like that true he isn't but it's easy to fall into that kind of thinking because we have an adversary that wants to read your fortune and tell you all kinds of stuff about what god says or what god thinks about you and uh you know one of the interesting things in um mike and i's business is that we have to consider is lead source quality so it's like is this is this like a good lead or a bad lead? Is this going to turn into something worthwhile or no? And so you have to consider the lead source quality with the things that you hear, with the voices that, that talk to you in your own mind. It's like I was just talking with somebody the other day, and they're like, well, you know, the enemy keeps telling me this and keeps telling me that. It's like, mm-hmm. And so consider... The, the quality of that source, the, uh, the father of lies, the accuser of the brethren, do you, do you expect him to tell you the truth? <laughs> no, not really. So it's, uh, it's actually kind of convenient because, you know, if he's telling you this stuff, it must the opposite must be true, right? Like t- it takes you back to your algebra days. It's like, well, those reflexive properties and all that good stuff. So... Um, yeah, so it's funny because I, um, like I said, I wrestled for the longest time with all of that kind of thinking, and and God brought me through it, and um, and and I I was reading along in Daniel. You've heard my testimony about him being a dissolver of doubts, and I thought, man, God, I want to do that. I want to be a dissolver of doubts. And I'll be darned if I didn't have not spent like the last several years dealing with people, dealing with that thought process. And it's um, uh, it's a blessing to get to do that because um, sometimes you just you need somebody that that gets it or that has been through it and that knows that God is the answer. But you need somebody that understands what you're dealing with because it's easy to just dismiss it like, oh, well, that's dumb. And it is. And, uh, uh, you know, once, uh, once I, I realized that that thing was not true, the, uh, the emotional impact of that, those voices, they're still there. And and those those thoughts they they come to you and it's just you know you get indigestion but it's like well but this isn't real 
It isn't true. And so uh, what we're going to read here is uh, a little bit more about that sense of, of practicing that and, and, and learning to do that. Uh, but ultimately it comes down to um, uh, God bringing you through those things. So, um, so here in Hebrews 5, um, talking about how the high priest can uh, have compassion on the ignorant and that are out of the way because he himself is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. No man takes this honor to himself, but he that was called of God as was Aaron. And so also Christ glorified not himself to be made high priest, but he that said to him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he says also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears to him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, or heard for his piety, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience through the things which he suffered. And that's awesome. Because so often we feel like the things that we suffer or the things that we go through are just worthless. Like, well, this is the most worthless Tuesday I've ever had. Like, I, I can see no possible value in this thing that uh, is happening to me right now. But, uh, uh, but you know, we learn a lot from those things. We you know we learn to obey God. We learn. Uh, um, we learn that they actually do work for our good because we're strengthened by them. We, we learn from the, the things that we go through. And, uh, and, and it, one of the great things about this is that, that, that condemning God hates your guts kind of thought process kind of discounts this idea that, that Jesus learned obedience to the things that he suffered. That, that Jesus would go through difficult things um, and and learn from it uh, because because that thinking will tell you well oh you're going through this difficult thing huh well that that just must be because you're bad see this is proof of the stuff I've been telling you that God hates your guts and that God's just waiting for you to figure this out um, and uh, in verse nine and being made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. Called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Boy, and well, you could spend a lot of time talking about Melchizedek, and of course they do here in Hebrews. But uh, but for for Jesus to be this high priest that gets the things that you're dealing with is a is a, an important thing to to know. Let's see, so we're talking about Melchizedek, verse eleven, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing your dull of hearing. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is babe. So, um, you know, we we encounter these types of things whether we are young or mature or or, or no. Uh, I think that. Uh, this you know these these battles will come against you, and so uh you know we we talk a lot about how you need someone to teach you the Word of God and to um, be
be that parental ministry and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's uh, the thing that I want to focus on here is uh, that it um, that it talks about using milk being uh, uh, unskillful in the word of righteousness. Uh, you could translate that word unskillful as inexperienced. And so if you've ever tried to do something for the first time, which of course you have, feels awkward. Remember when I was 17 and I sat down with a guitar for the first time, painstakingly wrapped my uh, recalcitrant fingers around this uh, guitar and plunged these sharp strings into my fingertips and you know tried to like hold the pick just right and like you know makes this nasty horrible plunk plunk tink tunk maybe one of the strings rings cuz you're not touching it kind of sounds and uh and it felt so awkward because i had no experience with it and uh um i learned to play guitar because i just kept at it and i kept practicing and kept doing it and so that's kind of the thing that he's talking about here because you can get experience with the word of righteousness and you get practiced at using it like uh, uh, like the guys in Judges that talks about being able to uh, sling stones with either hand and, uh, and not miss and all that. Uh, so in verse 14 he says, uh, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, uh, them that are of a full age, you know, is a, you know, it's great. Uh, this is the same word that he uses in Matthew 5.48, for be therefore perfect. So there's this sense of of, of God finishing something in you that, uh, um, or, or bringing you up to this, this place of maturity. I mean, more often than not, this word is, is used to, to mean perfect. Um, but uh, if, you have, if you've finished growing up, if you're an adult, then you would, have, you would at least be finished with the whole growing up thing. Which is why I think partly that it uses that word here. He says, uh, but having reason, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So, your senses, you know, senses is a great word. I mean, this is, this is like your faculty to perceive things. So, so you know, your, you know, the five senses is great uh, for that. Um, I mean, this, you know, you really could take this to to mean. Uh, your mind, because your mind is what you perceive things with. It's like you see it with your eyes, but your brain makes sense of it. And so, uh, so he talks here about having your senses, your your ability to perceive things, exercised by the Word of God to discern good and evil. Because of course, we all have the sense of judgment. Uh, in our in our thinking, we understand that there is good. We understand that there is evil, and and just like Adam and Eve, it's quite easy for us to come up with the wrong conclusion. And so we have the Word of God to uh, be that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? That criteria 
that that we decide what's good and evil. We let we let God decide what's good and evil. And uh, uh, the great thing about having God decide what's good and evil for you is that it's not necessarily going to be the same stuff that you would think it would be. It's like the like churches coming up with uh, uh, you know women can't wear pants and and you know you you can't guys have to have uh, short sleeves or long sleeves or whatever it is and uh, I, I love that story Ron tells about like showing up in the best suit that he had and it wasn't the greatest but they're all like look at you it's like wearing your suit aren't you so proud I have a suit on today and. Um, cold out this morning. I thought, man, a jacket would do nicely. And uh, but but you can see how none of that stuff really matters. You know, and uh, there's this uh, this song that talks about uh, about how often or how easy it can be to miss the point. And it says that that God has to change their heart before He changes their shirt. And so. Um, you know, we we look at things on the outside, and, and we we make decisions based on what we see. Uh, so much of the time, and Jesus said to judge righteous judgment. So not not according to appearance, but what's actually going on, what's actually uh, happening on the inside. So, um, and I like this word discern because it really does mean. That it means to distinguish or to judge. It's it's a it's a form of that same word that uses throughout the uh, the New Testament for um, having a sense of judgment and discernment, and uh, and I and I like the 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 idea of distinguishing between things. Um, you know, because you can say that somebody's picky, or you can say that they are discerning, but. It all comes down to the same thing. They have this ability to distinguish between what's what's good and what's not. So, uh, go with me over to Matthew chapter four. You guys all know this quite well as as well. But we were just talking about Jesus being uh, a high priest and. And uh, and how the, the uh, these high priests that were taken from among men get what it's like to be a man, and uh, and so of course uh, one of the things I think is so cool about about uh, God living in the flesh and in, in the life of Jesus is that you got to experience what it what it's like. To be a person, because you know when you don't understand something that somebody's dealing with or something that they are doing, it doesn't make any sense. It's like I, I don't, I don't get what you're talking about. Um, uh, occasionally, I will uh, kind of drone on a bit in too much technical detail about what I do at work. And Cynthia's eyes will just sort of glaze over because it's like I don't get what you're talking about. I don't get what you're doing, and uh, and uh, so it's easy to just dismiss as well, whatever. I don't know what you're talking about, and and so you know we we do that sometimes with each other with the things that we go through. It's like 
somebody goes through something that for them is is really difficult and trying and and whereas to you it might seem like no big deal and so it's funny how we're we're all different that way but uh of course, as we mentioned, you know, Jesus learned to be into the things that he suffered, and he had to um, he had to come to this place of being settled on on what the Word of God said about him. And so, here in Matthew four, it says that Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he fasted forty days and nights, he was afterwards and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, said, "If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread." And of course, we always think that the, you know, the devil's going to fight with you with something that's really obvious. It's like you know, you always kind of expect him to show up in the red pajamas with like the little tail and the and the pitchfork, you know. And it's like not so much. Um, and uh, so he he takes the thing that God said to him and and twists it around to challenge him with it, and 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 makes it this doubtful thing. Like, well, if if you're the Son of God, if that was actually God talking to you, then uh, you know, command the stones to be made bread. Of course, the idea being, it's like, well, surely God wouldn't let you just be hungry, would He? And uh, I can only imagine how miserable you would be after 40, a 40-day 40 fast, uh, how hungry you would be at that point. Because I know a lot of times when you don't eat for that long, your your stomach just kind of gives up on you. And uh, after a few days, so I'm told, I've never really done that. But um, but then to have that fast lift, and it says he's hungry. And and you know, it's like think about how hard it, it is to think when you're hungry, and to think your way through something. And so to to have him be in this place where it's like, yeah, it's like man, that'd be a great idea. But he answered and said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So so he had his senses exercised, didn't he? Because he, he immediately came back with an answer from the word of God. So, um, you know, so this is an interesting thing because this is the kind of stuff that we go through. It's like we have the enemy come at us with these accusations and things and it's always something religious sounding. It's always, you know, you're you're not doing good enough at this or, you know, you should have done this or um, or whatever. Um, and I, I love how God is is very plain about what he expects. Um, I, I saw this well never mind, I won't say that to many women here. But um, I you know I, uh, it's one of my greatest pet peeves when somebody uh, doesn't say what they mean. They kind of talk around what they want to say, and they kind of expect you to read between the lines. And, and I, I know people that do that, and uh, it just kind of it's exhausting because then you have to kind of decode what they're saying. Um, you know, there was this this comedian once that talked about how his, his wife hated it that he would leave his dirty clothes on the floor, and so one day she points to his underwear on the floor and she says, "Are those yours?" 
And he's like, are they mine? I, it's like she could have said three simple words, pick those up. And I would have known exactly what she wanted and I could have processed whether or not I could do what she wanted me to do. But instead she asked me a question. Are those yours? And I said, well, I hope so or I have some questions for you. <laughs> but, but you can see how exhausting it is to, to try and think your way through this maze of what somebody is want, what they're wanting you to come up with. And uh, and obviously, uh, we don't understand everything God says to us. And of course, he has things that are hidden because he's hiding them from the adversary. But in general, he's pretty plain and straightforward about what he expects from us and, and what he wants. And, um, and more than that, he's really super straightforward in, in his love for us. And, and how much he, he loves us and how much he wants us to succeed and uh, and what his intentions are to do in our life and what, what he plans to do in our life. So so here uh, in, in all of these, um, the, in the, the whole rest of this passage down to 11, Jesus is dealing with... Um, these these thoughts that keep coming to him. Excuse me. And uh, you know, in the second one again, you know, the first time, you know, the devil comes uh, comes at him with this this voice that that God spoke to him. It's like if you're the son of God. And then the second one, he he goes goes one better and quotes the Bible to him to Jesus. And. Uh, and of course, Jesus has a biblical answer for him, um, and then uh, and then the devil just kind of drops all pretense and just tells him that uh, you know you should just doubt me. So, but in every case, of course, Jesus comes back with the Word of God, and I like that because we we scramble with so many things that we should come up with that we feel like we should come up with to combat. The, the the lies of the enemy and and I think there's there's a little place for just some plain old reason but and common sense but uh, but what Jesus showed us here is that this is how you you fight the voice this is how you fight all of those accusations this is how you fight that thinking that would uh, that would make you believe that, that God didn't love you and so I mean that was kind of the thing that that happened to me was I I kept going back to the Word of God, and and I would it didn't make me feel any better though because I would still be wrestling with this the emotional impact of this thought and I knew it was it couldn't be right, but it didn't change the fact of how I felt, and so I just wrestled with it and wrestled with it and wrestled with it, and every time I came to a place where I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was talking. To me, where there was no mistaking it, no missing it, no, no way you could twist it around to be anything else. It was always, God was always saying something positive. God was always saying something encouraging. God was always um, telling me things that were the opposite of all that stuff that I kept believing, to be quite honest. That I kept wrestling with. And... Um, I, eventually, it kind of became this thing of I would 
you know, try this stuff out. It's like, I'm going to try that voice. I'm going to, it's like, you know, so-and-so thinks X, Y, and Z about you. And boy, if that doesn't, you know, if you're one of those people that cares about what people think, I'm not particularly in general, but some people, it's a really big deal how other people see you and what they think about you. And, or, you know, even people like me that are heartless care what some people think about them. And so, um, you know, so I would try those out. It's like, well, so-and-so thinks this about you. And so uh, I'd wrestle around with it for a while and him-haw and, eh. and then finally I'd, I'd just call them. Like, hey, so I was thinking da 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 And you could see them looking at you through the phone. Like, you'd just, like, see them pull it away from their head and be like, what? And uh, after a handful of those experiences, I came to recognize that that's just like all the other stuff that I've been thinking and that, that God keeps telling me the opposite whenever he talks to me. It's like, it's all not true. And so I'd, I'd like to tell you that there was some like grand moment where the clouds parted and there was like a little ray of sunshine on me and the angels were singing and all, all of a sudden it all went away and I all felt better. And it was a bit more gradual and a bit more subtle than that. But it was like exercise, you know. It's like you, I don't know if you, if, if you exercise. There's sometimes that you feel like you should immediately look better when you go to go take a shower, and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, yeah, still look like I did when I got here. Dang it. You know? So it takes some time, right? So I like that he uses the word exercising your senses because, at least to me, it's like, wow. So this is. You're talking about kind of a long haul. I practice this kind of this thing, uh, sort of deal. Uh, because uh, I know when you're wrestling with this this voice that creates turmoil in you, the the thing that you want is for it to just go away, and you want it to just stop. And um, and there there are times when God will just shut the thing off, and it's just done. Um, what I've found is a lot of times God will bring you to a place where you are able to fight with it and resist it and recognize it for what it is, and it's still there. But the emotional impact is not the same because you you really truly begin to, your faith takes hold of God, that he really loves you and that, that he's on your team and that, that, wow, all this stuff makes me feel horrible, just the thought of it, but it's, it's just not true. And so, you know, nobody likes being in the middle of a fight. Uh, I never never once got in a fight in school, somehow. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, as an adult, I've been through many an unpleasant thing that I just wished would stop and go away. But life is not really typically like that. So you just kind of have to fight with the thing that you're fighting with and deal with the thing that's in front of you. And uh, it makes me think of uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan when they're going to go, they're going to like take this machine gun nest and they could just sneak around it. But the guy in charge wants to to uh, take it out of commission because, of course, there are more soldiers that are going to be coming this way. And so he figures it's their job to stop it. And one of the guys says, well, I don't have a good feeling about this one. 
and he's and and he's you know they're all just staring at him and he's like you know rearranging his stuff and getting ready to attack this machine gun nest and he just looks at him and he's like well when was the last time you ever felt good about anything and uh and they all just kind of look at each other and look at him and they're like oh, I'm messing with their gear and stuff and so um, you know God God will bring the peace you know, and and there's a sense of well-being that comes in drawing near to God, and and really, uh, just flipping open the Word, just pick a spot and just read, and I can guarantee you that it will stop that that emotional slide that happens. It may take a little while, but 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 it really will put something solid underneath your feet. Um, but there are times when it's it's. You're simply in a battle, and um, you kind of have to put your your own sense of "I wish I felt better" aside, and just uh, and just keep your eyes on the Lord and, and do the things that He does, because he, He's taught us right here how to uh, how to fight with all that stuff by by uh, standing on the Word of God and and letting Him tell us um, the the right and the wrong of things. Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. God, we praise you for your great faithfulness. God, we thank you that that you have indeed prepared a place for us. God, not not some cold uh, mansion uh, in glory. God, but a room in your house, Lord God. And and that's the the desire of our heart. God is to to be in your house. God, to be where you are. And God, what we pray is that uh, that you would just touch the thinking of all of your people today. God, so many of us wrestle with these with these things, and and God, what we ask is that you would just bring us clarity on these things. That you would bring us uh, that sense of discernment and understanding what your word is telling us. God, and, and to, to truly look to you and have our faith take hold of you. God, to to do the things that that you would do in our life, God, to, to truly bring us through these things. God, as only you can. God, I just I bind up doubt and unbelief, God, in every uh, vexing, tormenting voice, God, that would uh, steal the peace away from your people. God, I just pray that you would uh, touch us, God, to look to your word with eyes of faith, God, to stand on it, God, as only you could do. God, today in this place, we just ask for you to get done exactly what you want done. God, that we would uh, be in surrender to you, God, and let you do what it is that you want to do. God, we want to follow you through this service, God, doing exactly what you want to get done. God, saying what you want to say. God, we want to receive from you that which you have, God, and bring you our offering this morning. God, we just we thank you, and praise you, and we glorify your name. We appreciate your faithfulness, God, more than we could ever say. And we just praise you and glorify your name. Amen.